Welcome to Alpha Coding Podcast, an all-access pass to medical coding and billing pro tips that help you start your week off smarter. And now, here is your host, Tony L. Holmes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alpha Coding Podcast series. I'm your host, Tony L. Holmes. Welcome to episode 23 of the podcast. Today is June 8th, and I just have to give a big shout out to all of our listeners. The download numbers have been insane, so I really appreciate all of your support, and thank you for all the tags and mentions and comments on LinkedIn and social media. It really means the world to me, so thank you guys so much. Today, we're going to talk about a more technical topic, something that's a huge buzzword right now in the industry, and that's remote patient monitoring, also known as RPM. We're going to talk about my best pro tips for navigating the services and really understanding the complexities. So before we dive into our topic, it's time for your Monday dose of positivity, the Mindset Monday tip, and it's brought to you by Clara. Clara is a holistic, secure communication platform that specializes in telehealth and telemedicine. Take your practice virtual in a matter of minutes. Mention my code alpha coding for 10% off. Visit clara.com for more information. So our Mindset Monday tip is all about having passion for what you do. The quote I want to share with you says, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come for miles to watch you burn. And I truly believe this could not be more true. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you just had the best customer service? Your waiter took care of you, went above and beyond to make sure that your dining experience was five star. That you cannot replicate, you cannot duplicate because that person has such a passion for serving others and delivering that high quality customer service that just bleeds through. And conversely, we've all had that bad experience where the waiter didn't care and our drinks weren't refilled. The food was messed up. The food was cold. We've all had that experience. And so it's something that you won't forget because bad waiter didn't have that same passion for what they do. And so passion is something that is super important. Passion cannot be faked or replicated. You either have it or you don't. So today, we're going to focus on my top 10 pro tips for navigating RPM services. And I've been consulting in this space for many years. And I have to tell you, I think it's the future of medicine. And this modality of care is really just starting in in terms of mainstream and picking up momentum. So I want to give you some really good pro tips because this modality of care is enormously complex. And you want to make sure that you understand this at a very high level. So this brings me to my pro tip number one, understand the value proposition of RPM at a very high level. So what is RPM? It's basically a modality of telemedicine that is patient-specific biometric trending data, device monitoring. This is continuous instantaneous connection between patients and their providers. This data is really about creating that connection between all levels of care and having that interaction connectivity between the device and the software that the providers are using so everybody has access to it in real time. And this expands the opportunity for patient education, support, and feedback, and really that engagement that is lacking in the traditional model of healthcare. And so a lot of 
patients really like the assurance and knowing that somebody's always watching out for them and kind of staying behind the scenes, knowing and monitoring their chronic conditions. This is an amazing modality of care for patients. If executed effectively, it can really drive down the cost of healthcare in terms of readmission rates and chronic disease management because there's somebody always watching behind the scenes to make sure that that patient is in compliant. And if they're not identifying what those issues are and troubleshooting them in real time, because that is absolutely critical for successful chronic disease management. Pro tip number two, RPM programs must meet FDA qualifying device criteria. So here's where it gets a little bit tricky. You have to understand what device guidelines are and how the FDA defines a medical device. And so if you look at your CPT manual, you'll see in the guidelines, it talks about the preparatory language that states RPM codes can only be used in connection with a device that meets that FDA criteria of a medical device. Well, what does that mean? That basically means that it has to be a device that was intended for the use in the diagnosis of disease or other conditions in the cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of disease. So that's a very technical dry definition, but essentially it has to be designated by the FDA as something that's approved. So this is where it becomes really important to vet all of the devices that are going to be incorporated into the program in terms of structuring an RPM program. And there's a lot of misinformation out there about mobile health and mHealth medical apps and smart devices, wearables. And there is absolutely a place for that. I think we're not far from it. But in terms of the reimbursement rules, these apps are very much in a gray area in terms of what the FDA would qualify as a medical device. The FDA has stated that they're going to exercise enforcement discretion. So you want to be really careful because they don't technically meet that criteria for a qualifying medical device. And if they don't meet that criteria, then you have not met the CPT guideline definition. So these are technically not reportable services for reimbursement. Pro tip number three, understand the supervision guidelines for RPM services. So RPM services were previously under a direct supervision requirement, and that has changed. They are now under the general supervision requirement, which means that physicians and clinical staff are not required to be in the same place at the same time. And these services can be billed incident to the supervising physician. So you'll notice in the code descriptions, and we'll talk about the codes in just a minute, basically they use the terminology clinical staff. You want to understand the definition of clinical staff and what does that mean? And it is very state specific in terms of the scope of practice laws and the state law supervision requirements. This generally would apply to RNs, but in some states we are hearing that medical assistants are meeting that criteria. So the inclusion term of clinical staff is really what makes the differentiation between the RPM codes versus the physician-based RPM code 99091, which is essentially obsolete if you really stop and think about it because that code has been around for over a decade and it doesn't encompass all of the work that goes behind the scenes with clinical staff. So pro tip number four, understand the CPT codes and guidelines for RPM. So this is where if you don't have a lot of context, it can be confusing if you're just looking up the codes in your CPT manual. In the previous pro tip, I talked about CPT code 99091, and this code has been around for quite some time, but with the new CPT codes, which are 99453 through 99458, these codes 
have really made CPT code 99091 obsolete. And so I think CPT just hasn't really caught up to that yet. But I do expect that we'll see some type of revision. But without that context and really understanding that historical timeline of the rules, it can be really difficult to navigate these codes. So these codes account for the patient setup and education, the device monitoring, and then remote patient monitoring treatment management services, which is the ongoing communication with the patients. And again, these are all in the CPT codes 99453 through 99458. So you want to pop open your CPT manual. So that will be very useful to you as we're going through this podcast episode, then read the guidelines, really study them. So pro tip number five, know the most common conditions managed by RPM programs. So typically you're going to see a lot of conditions with high readmission rates. So chronic diseases like uncontrolled hypertension, congestive heart failure, COPD, diabetes. The success of an RPM program is all about identifying those conditions and really focusing on the right candidates and identifying the patients that are going to be compliant with the program and that are going to be non-compliant and meeting people where they're at in terms of the care gaps. And that's the overall goal of RPM. And so this can help you really create that program inclusion and exclusion criteria because a successful RPM program requires patient engagement and patient consent. So you have to keep patients really on board and invested in the process. Pro tip number six, understand the types of RPM devices. So really familiarizing yourself with these devices and which conditions correspond with these devices is going to pay dividends in the long run. But the most common ones you'll see are blood pressure, weight scale, pulse ox, and glucometers. Those are typically the most common medical devices that you'll see. And in order to qualify for the RPM reimbursement, they have to be those approved medical devices. Pro tip number seven, softwares must be integrated with the devices. So these smart devices really need to have an integration feature. So integration is absolutely critical because the devices need to be communicating with the EHR or the care management portal that's being utilized to treat these patients. Otherwise, we don't have real-time data and that defeats the entire purpose of RPM. So the EMR and the devices have to communicate and then the EMR and the billing system, this all has to be communicated very seamlessly. If you're thinking about creating an RPM program, you really want to vet all of the vendors and make sure that this is carefully thought through because the success of an RPM program really is contingent upon the integration of the software with the devices. Pro tip number eight, patient engagement is a critical component of a successful RPM program. So you have to have a lot of ongoing communication between the patient and the care team and the patient and the physician. And then also keeping the patients invested in the process, really educating them on why this is so important for their care and their overall well-being. Pro tip number nine, robust and fluid workflows are non-negotiable. So this is something that has to be really intentional, well thought out, well designed, and extremely well executed. And this is done through a phased approach. So you have your pre-program, you'll have your initial phase, and then you'll have the ongoing monitoring and adjustments that are going to be required throughout this whole effort. And this is going to take really strong coordination between all of the people involved, the processes, and the technologies. We really have to see that synergy connect between PPT. And so that's going to be absolutely critical for a successful RPM program. Pro tip number 10, 
often tracking mechanisms will make or break an RPM program success. So all of the codes are derived based on time and time-based increments. So the tracking mechanisms in the software have to be seamless and they have to really track everything that's being done by all of the parties that are involved with the patient's care. So that's the physician's time, the medical assistant's time, the nurse's time, anybody that's involved in that patient's coordinated care. They have to be able to document their time, exactly what was spent, how it was spent, patient consent, and then the stop and start tracking mechanisms. That's what will make or break the program because all of this is used for the actual billing purposes. And then it goes back to the quality reporting as well with MACRA and MIPS. Compliance is also going to be critical. These are going to be services that are going to immediately trigger red flags with payers. They're going to be watching these things and the utilization and potentially auditing. So having these tracking mechanisms in place working seamlessly is going to pay dividends in terms of your risk levels. These can be great revenue sources in addition to face-to-face encounters or telehealth encounters because there is a place for all three. So grab a pen and paper to summarize my top pro tips for navigating RPM services. Number one, understand the value proposition of RPM at a very high level. Number two, RPM programs must meet the FDA qualifying device criteria. Number three, understand the supervision guidelines for RPM services. Number four, understand the CBT codes and guidelines for RPM services. Number five, know the most common conditions managed by RPM programs. Number six, understand the types of RPM devices. Number seven, softwares must be integrated with devices. Number eight, patient engagement is a critical component of a successful RPM program. Number nine, robust and fluid workflows are non-negotiable. Number 10, tracking mechanisms will make or break RPM program success. So it's time for this week's coding pro and it's brought to you by Contempo Coding, which is an on-demand educational resource provider created for coders by coders. They specialize in affordable coding certification prep courses to help you accelerate in your career. Right now, they're offering $100 off the Certified Risk Adjustment Coding Prep course when you order through our affiliate website. Visit our website, alphacodingexperts.com, and head over to the Deals and Discounts tab for a link to take advantage of this absolute steal of a deal. If you have have a coding related question and would like it to be featured in one of our coding pro tips, please reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. So this week's coding pro tip comes to us from Colorado. Hi, Tony. Do you think that the telehealth rules are going to stay permanent? My providers keep asking me on a daily basis. Can you tell me your thoughts? So I'm really glad you asked me this question because I get asked this almost every single day by my clients as well. I do think that the telehealth rules for the most part are here to stay. Verma, who's the head of CMS, has already said the veil has been lifted. It would be very difficult for us to go backwards. Now, I think what we will see in terms of changes may be some of the parity on the payment and how the services are valued in terms of telehealth versus in-person care, because there is a significant difference in terms of the overhead costs that are associated with both. I do think it's here to stay, but time will tell all. So please be sure to hit that subscribe button now so you never miss another episode. Also, be sure to drop us a rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate your support. So this concludes today's episode. Until next week, thank you for listening to the Alpha Coding Podcast. We'll see you next Monday. 
For more information about medical coding and billing pro tips, including how to hire alpha coding experts, follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or visit our website at www.alphacodingexperts.com.